Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hello and welcome to the 89th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Crisis on Naboo. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt Crinky. Yes, and we're back. Welcome, Clone Wars fans. Man, this is episode number 89. We're working towards our 100th mic to uh, coincide with, hopefully... C six, but we'll see how it we'll see how it goes, uh, right? My application for the fan <laughs> panel is in. Uh, oh wow! Okay. So I don't know. We'll okay. we'll hopefully hear back about that. Speaking of Star Wars celebration, as of this recording, 192 days, two hours, 17 minutes, and four seconds to go. So, <laughs> Down to the second. I like yeah. it. So perfect. Perfect. Uh, we're getting. Uh, well, we're getting amped up for that, which leads us nicely. It's a good segue right into our news. Yes, it is. Let's do it. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> All right, Mike. You know, we've had the... Stand by. Uh, We've had, of course, the weekend of 3D, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Came out in 3D. I know you've seen it. I haven't actually seen it yet. I kind of feel like a bad uh, fan here. I haven't got a chance to run out and see it due to some other things going on with work and the kids and all that. But anyway... Hey, E-Online had five reasons why The Phantom Menace is way better in 3D, and we're going to test this with you, Mike. We're going to get your thoughts real quick. Um, number five, counting down from five to one, number five, Yoda looks alive again. And, of course, Yoda was back in his CGI form, correct, yeah. Mike? You can, you can clarify yeah. that? Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, number four, we'll just run through these real quick, and we'll get sure. your uh, thoughts. Number four, Natalie Portman's mini wardrobe changes look Closely, uh, cosplay. This is some other uh, little tidbits. I'll go with these little uh, with this number four here. Um, constantly switching in between all her political debates and subtle subterfuge, or made of satin or cotton free. And they're talking about all her wardrobe changes, how it's supposed to look so much better in uh, in 3D. It just pops on the screen. Number three, space battles get more space. 
And I think that's what George Lucas always wanted was um, to to uh, envelop <clears throat> us in in space yeah. here. Number two, Darth Maul's double-sided or double-bladed lightsaber. What could look better than a double-bladed lightsaber in 3D? And the number one reason, according to E! Online, was the pod race. And of course, I think this is... I'm looking for so forward to this in mm-hmm. 3D. I can't wait to see it. But Mike, we know you've seen it, so let's get your thoughts on the Phantom Menace in 3D. What, what are we looking at here? Is it good, bad, uh, more than you? Is it Avatar quality? What's going on Yeah, here? so I, I'll say, first of all, that I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, me and my friend Jeff went on Saturday night, and we, we had a good time. Uh, but that being said, the, the 3D isn't really that impressive. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of flat. Uh, it, it's Nothing really pops out all that much. At times, I think you kind of forget that it's even in 3D. Um, oh, yeah. But that being said, I mean, the first time I saw The Phantom Menace, uh, I was living in a small town and, uh, and saw it on a, on a not-all-that-big screen. So to go, and uh, living in the big city now, so to go to the, one of the biggest screens in Vancouver, <laughs> uh, short of yeah. an IMAX screen, and to, uh, to see episode one in just pristine digital projection um and you also have to remember that when episode one first came out they hadn't made the big switch over to digital yet so uh so we were seeing you know the the 35 millimeter print um just uh you know your standard movie quality Mm -hmm. movie theater quality and there's been like i don't i don't know that a lot of people are, are aware but with the switch to digital which was ushered forth by episode two as well as uh, a couple of other movies but mostly like uh, thx and george lucas uh pushing for it with episode two um the quality and digital projection has just gone up so much um Mm -hmm. now that all depends on the theater that you're at and the quality of the projectionist and how much care and attention they put into it because a lot of theaters now don't even have projectionists they just have some pimple-faced kid who hits the start button and walks away yeah but (laughs) if you can see it in the highest quality it it's just it's amazing like the just the the clarity and the the uh the the vibrance of the color and everything and the sound is unbelievable and uh and i'd never Mm -hmm. seen episode one in that quality and i I just watched them on blu-ray not that long ago as I talked about a right. couple weeks ago on the on the podcast, um, and even still, it was like, wow, this is this is amazing, and and a lot of it, the effects really hold up. Uh, the the addition of of the CG Yoda just enhances that movie so much. Um, that puppet right. Yoda yeah. in Episode One just is terrible. <laughs> it was just flat out terrible. Oh yeah. So yeah. The uh, right. the enhancement of that of the computer animated Yoda uh, really makes a big difference, and he is the best of the three movies. Um, as good as he is in Episode Three, they really kind of stepped it up a couple notches for Episode mm. One, and uh, for the yeah. I would say like mm. the model is exactly the same as Episode Three, so he he looks pretty much the same, um, but the. Uh, the performance and the motion is just a little bit more. It's just a little bit more Dagobah and a little bit less 
episode two, uh, flipping mm-hmm. around and jumping and popping off walls and stuff oh. like that. So he's got he's <laughs> yeah. just got a little bit more of that puppet movement um, that just kind of sells him as Yoda just a little bit more. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, you know, I got some. I've been reading uh, all kinds of Twitter posts and online, just try to get people's reactions. And it, nothing that just said, you know, they were blown away about the 3D. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were going to midnight showings and the whole ambiance on, on seeing it with a Star Wars crowd uh, makes it fun without the 3D. So, you know, I, I was wanted to say, you didn't, you haven't got a chance to go on the, the Star Tours new 3D, the 2.0. No, I haven't gotten on Star Tours yet since the remodel. Uh, that'll be this summer. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that is, is actually better than what they could do with this particular yeah. movie um, because that 3D and that particular ride was pretty darn good well and the, the I don't thing know. the thing with star tours though is that that was specifically made for 3d or it 3D. wasn't 3d yeah. conversion so this is taking a 2d movie and and sort of popping it out to 3d um there's a couple of places where the 3d is just unbelievable and totally breathtaking and uh mm-hmm. thankfully it's in the most boring parts of the movie so the Oh really? <laughs> Everything on Coruscant is just amazing because because wow. I think what you what you find with the rest of Episode One is that that other than the pod race, there's just really not a lot of um, there's not a lot of depth to what's in the frame. There's definitely a lot going on in the frame, but there's there's definitely a very clear uh, foreground, you know, and then there's the the main uh, plane of action and then the background. So you're really only going to get those three things, those three levels of depth, and then maybe some far off stuff and the occasional mm. extremely close stuff. But because yeah. I mean, if you just think about Tatooine, they're they're just walking around, and a lot of the time they're they're actually indoors in, in a inside a ship or inside a, a building or whatever. So there's really not a lot to play with there, like there is on uh, in a movie like Avatar. But when you get to Coruscant then all of a sudden everything opens up and you get all these sweeping establishing shots of the city and you've got speeders flying through on, you know, five different depth levels. And not only not only are they flying through on those different depth levels, but they're flying from one to another at the screen and all around you. So what it what it really did for me was it got me excited for episode two and episode three in uh, in 3D because... Uh, episode see, two's yeah. got that chase through Coruscant that's oh, going to yeah. be yeah. just mind blowing. And then episode three, that opening sequence is going to be one oh, of the most yeah. amazing things ever put on 3d yeah. film. So, uh, and I think that's exactly what they wanted yeah. to do too, was that, you know, this is the first one and let's, let's garner that interest. Let's get people to come back for two, three, four, five, six. And, you know, the box office has shown over the weekend that hey, it did it did pretty darn good for a movie that's thirteen years yeah, old th- and that nobody yeah. liked. Yeah, for a thirteen year old movie that everybody apparently hates and uh, and yeah, and everybody that. saw multiple times in the theater the first time and we've all seen on and like and the, they're competing with themselves. The Blu-rays just came out. And yeah, exactly. They cheap, yeah, right. I mean, like they were relatively cheap for what you get because you get six awesome movies 
and hours and hours of, of uh, extra footage and commentaries and stuff. So, I mean, like the $90 that you're going to pay when you walk into a store to buy the, the Blu-rays is definitely worth it. But they they are definitely competing with themselves. Why would I get up and go to the movie theater to watch this in in kind of okay 3D when I could just sit and watch it on my 50 inch screen TV at home if I had that option? Yeah, I don't. But Blue, you know, if yeah. I did, <laughs> right? Right, um, right? And I mean, like, I, I'm not saying that that's my opinion of it because obviously. Like I enjoyed seeing it in in on the big screen again, and uh, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are psyched to take their kids who, who maybe weren't old enough or didn't exist the first time around. It's been 13 years, 13. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like that's a long time. Yeah. You think about it, 13 year olds are the main audience for the Clone Wars, and. Uh, oh man for them to to now go okay well i've seen these movies on dvd i've seen them on blu-ray but now i get to go see it in the theater it's no different than when i was 13 years old in fact younger i was 10 years old 10 or 11 when i i guess i guess 11 or 12 when when the uh special editions came out and for the first Mm -hmm. time i got to see those on the big screen and and uh, it's it's no different for those kids that uh, that are 13 years old and younger now that you know for the this is the first time that they'll get to see it on the big screen and they'll have that Star Wars experience of the opening crawl yeah. and lightsabers and everything in a movie theater and, and um and I don't know that's worth it you know for me it's like these movies just need to be re-released every 10 years in the theater I don't care what the excuse mm-hmm. is I don't care if it's a special edition or if it's 3D and all the haters can sit there and they can gripe about it and they can you know spew all of their copy pasted arguments against the movie uh, mm-hmm. all they want I, I don't care it's Star Wars on the big screen it's it's uh, you know it's lightsabers <laughs> <Come> on, <dude. laughs> and spaceships and yeah I uh, you know I just like ju- just enjoy it you know Stop. yeah did you did you notice any uh did you notice any extra stuff put in no that you can tell no okay it's uh it's pretty much the blue okay right so it's okay all right that so cool well, I'm looking forward to see it. Like you said, it just it's back in the big screen and take take the younger kids that haven't got a chance to see it in the theater like I did. So I'm going to be doing that this week. Uh, you know, Toy Fair just hit. We'll go on to some other news and um, tons of stuff coming tons. on with with New York Toy Fair. So we obviously can't hit all of it, but we wanted to highlight just a, a couple of things that have hit our hit our fancy in the last couple yeah. of days. Um, the first thing we'll talk about is the uh, Star Wars uh, seen it. Star Wars is coming to a galaxy near you, and this is uh, supposed to come out in the fall, 2012 release. Uh, the Seen It franchise, which I've played, uh, there's, they got like Seen It, uh, I think Disney, and a couple other things. So and it's a pretty darn fun game, a trivia game, uh, along with with uh, watching clips and stuff like that. Uh, that's finally being announced. We finally get a Star Wars Seen It, so I'm looking yeah, forward this to playing is, this that. This has been a long time coming, I think, for a lot of fans who are like. There's Harry Potter seen it, and there's Twilight seen it, mm-hmm. and there's all these different friends seen it, and like there's all these different things, and it's like where is the Star Wars seen it? And I, I'll grant you, I, I'm sure that they were waiting for Episode Three for a long time so that they could do 
kind of a definitive edition of it. But um, right. But yeah, now finally, finally, we're getting our finally, on it. yeah. And it's an actual boxed edition. It's not just some downloadable game for the PlayStation or something. So, yeah. So that's uh that's very exciting. I, I'm psyched for that to come out. Yeah, there's tons of new uh, new stuff with the game. Uh, of course, they're going to use regular scenes, but also they're using storyboards and production yeah. stills, concept art to support some of the trivia that's going to be going on. So this is going to be a pretty intense, pretty deep. Uh, pretty deep game, not just going off the movie itself. So this is designed, as it says, for the true Star Wars fans. So you really got to know your ins and outs and behind the yeah, stuff, absolutely. behind the scenes type of uh, trivia to, to get through this game. So a bunch of other stuff comes with it. Uh, Imperial listening post. Uh, you can uh, identify sound effects, uh, stuff like that. Um, what else? A bunch of extras, trivia questions and puzzles. Um, and you won't have to have a DVD player to, to play this, apparently, uh, you can do the streaming option, which will be available for laptops, tablets, web-connected TVs, and bonus content not found on the disc. So that's cool. You know, I, I'm looking forward to having this, and I wish we could get this before we had we'd go to uh, uh, C6 because this would be a kick in the pants to play this over at C6 with a bunch oh, of yeah, Star Wars fans. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? I know a couple of things. Hey, you're. Uh, Kind of caught your eye at Toy Fair, Mike. What yeah, else we so got? I, well, not only at Toy Fair, but at my local Toys R Us, these uh, Star Wars fighter pods. And I think we might have mentioned them once or twice before. Um, and mm. they're these little, uh, sort of these little, they're just little rubber Star Wars characters. They're not posable or anything like that. Like, they're they're less than an inch tall. Um, just like, and there's there's just like, there's dozens of them. And uh, and I guess there's like there's some sort of game that you play with them. You put them in these in these plastic pods, uh, these right. clear plastic pods, or in some cases like these black ones. And uh, and and you can spin them, or you can just sort of play play like jacks, like a, or a marbles sort of game oh, right. with them. Right. Um, there's mm-hmm. also these like there's vehicle pods that you can stick the the pod into and then pop them out to battle and. I don't know, like on the back of the box, there's instructions or, or sort of just like an outline of the different ways that you can play the game. Um, but they're just, they're a neat little collectible, uh, particularly right. for younger kids. Cause they, you know, they're just a little, it's just a little dude sort of thing. They, and, uh, <laughs> the way that they package them is that you get, there's, there's so many, uh, figure or little characters that are standard in a set like in in a particular uh box but then Mm -hmm. a number of them are completely random so you'll get you'll get like two or three that are in like every one that you look at you know you can go through the the shelves and see like oh there's these ones and there's these ones and then you know and but then there's they're sort of randomized to uh to get other other star wars characters so um, they're kind of mm. interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if this catches on with the kids because I think that's what they're they're going for. It's not the sort of thing that I'd particularly buy because there's not really I don't know there's not really much of a point <laughs> for me. But uh, but <laughs> yeah. for the kids, I think it's uh, it's definitely going to reach them. Um, and then we've got uh, uh, those those were kind of announced a while ago. I think even at uh, at Comic Con. 
but they're just starting to show right. up in stores now and we're starting to see a little bit more of them. But what really has me excited is this announcement of this new line uh, called Star Wars Amped. And it's A-M-P hyphen D or uh, apostrophe D. D. And uh, mm-hmm. these are really cool looking uh, sets where you get uh, you get a vehicle and the vehicle comes sort of, uh, you know, there's a there's an MTT or is it a, no, an AAT tank. Uh, there's an X-Wing fighter, a Darth Vader uh, TIE fighter, um, a staff yes. droid. Uh, what am I missing? Uh, Anakin Starfighter. Um, there's all these different vehicles. And the cool thing is that they have these components that all pop off and, uh, and you can reconfigure them however you want. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and they, and it comes with a bunch of extra pieces. <laughs> so you can turn your, your AAT tank into a spider droid tank. Uh, you can take Anakin starfighter and you can modify it and add on like more weapons and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the tie fighter has so, or, uh, sorry, not the tie fighter, but the X wing has so many attachments. It's ridiculous. And uh, uh, there's an ATRT that that has tank treads that you can switch out for the uh, for the chicken walker legs and um, yeah, just right. so many cool things that that this is really uh, this is a, this is a toy like these are for playing with this isn't your uh, yeah. your I, I in my opinion this is this is my personal opinion this re- does not reflect the opinions of everybody at frontlines the clone wars podcast but <laughs> i'm i'm really tired of just standard three and three quarter inch action figures and collecting these things that aren't interesting at all and that that don't have any playability to them that they're just just another action figure um these are kind mm. of a smack in the face to those of like look you can do all of these things with this this one set of figures um and and the thing that they're not showing that is very apparent to me as as someone who likes to play with toys is that uh you can mix and match so you could put tie fighter wings onto an x-wing starfighter and you could (laughs) add chicken walker legs to a tie fighter uh to a tie fighter cockpit and you could you could put an x-wing attachment onto Anakin's Jedi Starfighter. Like you could just like the sky's the limit with this. Uh yeah. and you can you can just combine these things endlessly. And uh and this is a really cool idea in my opinion. So I I'm really psyched for them to come out. I'm probably gonna pick up this uh the TIE Fighter X Wing, Vader's TIE Fighter and Luke's X Wing come in a two pack. Um and they and they come with figures as well. So it's not just the vehicles, but there's like these little sort of um stylized graffiti style versions of the characters uh actually really kind of similar to the uh to the play school uh jedi force ones that are out right now um Mm -hmm. but maybe just a little bit more interesting than those um a little bit more more stylized so so i'm i'm really psyched for these to to hit the shelves i think that'd be cool for the i think these would be cool for the uh, the kids too because like you said i mean you you can take a regular vehicle mix and match and and like you said it's 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 up to your imagination yeah. what the limit could be and it's kind of like a lego not a, not legos but the idea is that it's you can create something yeah. um you got the basic pieces here but you can make your own little vehicle that's kind of cool I, I think that'll be a big hit with uh 
a lot of the young kids that are um, looking for toys here yeah. in the next in the next few months. So yeah, definitely, definitely good stuff. What else is going on in uh, Disney Park? So you yeah, got some so else too we've about, got our uh, first look at some uh, Star Wars Weekends 2012 uh, merchandise. Uh, they're they're going big, just like everybody is on the Episode One stuff. Uh, so yeah. they've kind of got a, a Donald Duck, Darth Maul combo, which uh, I'm gonna dub as Dar- a Duck Maul. Um, <laughs> looks yeah, pretty cool. And, and he looks he looks like really it. good, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. I always love it when they make uh, Donald into one of the bad guys because he's famously known for uh, his short temper. So you kind of get that anger. <laughs> Yeah. That, that fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And uh, <laughs> Donald Duck is, a, is yeah. a great example of that because he tends to to get angry really fast and then be kind of mean. And then he ends up suffering by the end of whatever cartoon you're watching. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, they got they have a really cool. Yeah. They've got a poster with with this uh, uh, Donald Duck uh, Darth Maul combo, and they have a they have a mug that is. Uh, a duck mall's head. Yeah, the mug is cool. Uh, really cool because, like, <laughs> if you look at the handle on it, right on the handle, there's a one of Darth Maul's spikes popping out of the handle. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, towel, uh, uh, photo frame, just you know, your standard, your standard Disney Star Wars weekends uh, fair, but just uh, just sort of on that Episode One bent, just like everything is right now. So. Yeah. Does does Star Wars Weekends coincide with C six no, this year? Star Wars we Weekends is in uh it's in uh May, May through June, I think. Uh okay. May eighteenth to June tenth. So that will not okay. coincide, but uh I think they okay. do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, they want to yeah, you know, double their, their trips to the park. Uh, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you want to get down there for yeah. Star Wars weekends and then you also want to come back for whatever you know what, but by this time, I don't know if it was by this time that they'd kind of announced the events, um, the like the decommissioning of of Star Wars, or Star Tours, um, the last tour to Endor. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think that they'd announced it, because I think I'd already bought my ticket for that, even before I'd gotten, you know, my hotel and stuff. <laughs> uh, right, right, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. Tons of stuff. Yeah, like you said, it's it's still coming out. We're still getting trickling uh, news stories here and there. Uh, of course, you know, Think Geek is over there doing their thing. We talked about some of their stuff. Uh, Funko, Kotobukiya, Uncle Milton, all those guys are out there at Toy <laughs> yeah. Fair. And uh, some of the stuff, some of the stuff we've heard. Uh, Kotobukiya's got an amazing and, new Obi Wan Kenobi statue that will definitely oh. be added to my collection. Ooh, yes, of course, Looking yes, good. definitely. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll probably be talking more about some things that hit uh, Toy Fair in the next couple weeks. But uh, that's gonna do it for uh, news and stuff. We got to get to our recap. Yeah, you ready, it. Mike? Yeah. All right. A disturbance in the Force. Very. Is it possible to learn this power? They like me believe him to be the chosen one. Times. Up. I sense there's something here. The army has assembled Count Dooku. Mon Calamari system must not fall into Separatist hands. All troops, battle stations! This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure! Suck it up, shiny. 
Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi Fifth. Welcome to Death Watch. No! All right, and let's kick off. The last episode in this four-part arc here. After surviving the ordeals of the box, Obi-Wan Kenobi, working undercover as assassin Rico Hardeen, is invited to join Count Dooku's plot against Chancellor Palpatine. Working with a team of bounty hunters, Obi-Wan travels to the planet of Naboo, where the Chancellor will preside over the Festival of Light. The Jedi Council plots their security measures for the Naboo Festival. Mace Windu is concerned that the advantage... Uh, that came from Obi having Obi-Wan on the inside may have evaporated. Kenobi has not been heard from in two days. Anakin has faith in his friend, though. He is, in, he is defiant in the face of Mace's uncertainty. And, Mike, so we're at the, uh, the climax of this four-part arc here. In uh, the last episode of The Box, mm -hmm. uh, the bounty hunters were subjected to some tests, right? So in the beginning of this episode... Uh, it seems that the bounty hunters wouldn't, you know, this is kind of what they were. I always thought that they were getting tested for what was might happen over here in Naboo. Um, you know, we they're going to encounter Ray Shields now. Mm -hmm. We find out uh, Senate guards. There's going to be Jedi there. So, um, like I said last week, kind of getting them geared up for this this particular mission. And and I like hearing about Anakin. He's still angry. About uh, not being told about uh, the undercover plot, yeah. you know, and Mace and Yoda and Ahsoka, they all look at him as he walks away because he's still he's still holding the grudge right now. He d he does not like this, and uh, they all look at him as he walks out. He kind of walks off on his own, and they all kind of look at him like, "Oh boy, you know, I think we kind of messed up on that one." But uh, what are we going to do now? It's it's already over. So, um, what do you think though? Uh, this last this last episode, man, it really kicks off in the end, but. Uh, uh, you know what? This one, uh, it was kind of a flat finish for me to, uh, to, to, to a big buildup. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that, that the previous episode was probably the strongest one of the entire arc. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, th there's, there's a few issues for me in it, uh, that it just kind of inconsistent with star Wars <laughs> and a okay. little bit we'll of a leap. To um, even for a, a, a kid's show like Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, mm -hmm. but, okay. but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it overall, but I just, I definitely had some issues with it. Yeah, this it, it was okay. And it really, like I said, the last, the last 10 minutes of, of it was just like, that's my mm -hmm. thing. It's right in my, right in my wheelhouse. I love that kind of stuff, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, go ahead, though, Mike. Next. The bounty hunter team infiltrates a warehouse in Theed, quickly eliminating the unsuspecting workers. Now in private, Count Dooku and Cad Bane lay out their kidnapping plans. Daron will breach the security shields. Moralo Ival is the getaway driver. Embo and Twazi will pose as guards protecting the Chancellor. And Reiko Hardin is the sniper. Each will be equipped with a holographic disguise that will make them appear as Senate guards. So... Here's my first issue. 
These okay. holographic disguises are a stretch, a really big stretch. It's one thing to say, um, you know, like Cad Bane, we see in in uh, season two, the beginning of season two, uh, disguises mm-hmm. himself as a clone trooper by stealing some armor, and uh, and that I can handle, that I can believe, yeah, I'm yeah. cool with. But when Embo steps into a holographic disguise, and I, I mean, Embo's wearing a freaking robe yeah, he's wearing a garbage well, can he's lid, wearing you know, a robe like... <laughs> with a garbage can lid on the top and and that's yeah. supposed to be hidden inside of it it's like that doesn't really make any sense for me because mm-hmm. it's one thing if they're gonna stand somewhere behind a holographic disguise and and you know like just be in one spot until they pop out and it's like well you you gotta stand really still so that the hologram can keep up with you sort of thing. But the idea of, of them stepping into a hologram and then walking away from the holographic emitter, just walking around on their own with no equipment mm-hmm. that, that projects this hologram, just completely disguising their, and, and changing the shape of their bodies. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's just, it's way too much of a yeah. stretch. Twazi doesn't have even have the same, body type as a human how like other than you know being a a a two-armed biped with a head like it's a pretty big stretch to say oh yeah these characters just you know like now they just look like that like i don't know i don't know it bugs me yeah it bugs me yeah yeah that's um you know they call them i guess in the show they call them shadow holograms um and yeah, that's some crazy. That's some crazy tech in the Star Wars yeah. universe. I mean, using something like that, uh, you could have infiltrated anything. You could have infiltrated the the Jedi Temple or yeah. something like that. Uh, you know, why limit it to just trying to kidnap the uh, the? But here's my thing. Here's another thing, though. When they were in these shadow, uh, what they call them, shadow holograms or whatever, there was every once in a while they would flicker in and yeah. out. Now, can everybody see that? Or I, I'm guessing they can, uh, because because Anakin. Well, we'll get to that point. But um, I guess that is the the limitation of these things is that they flicker on and off every once in a while. Yeah. And how could somebody not notice that though? I mean, it flickered. Oh well, you know what? Let's yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there in a second. I, I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, you know the arrival of here's Embo. We talked about Embo last week. And I was thinking, you know, why is I thought he was kind of like a good guy, but you you pointed out, Mike, hey, he's yeah. a bounty hunter. They're gonna work for whoever is gonna have the money, so that's true. Uh, but you wanted to think that Embo had something different, yeah. and you know, it was kind of cool. But uh, of course, Cad Bane's back again. He's shooting in cold blood like he normally does, and uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, like you said. I think that's a big. That's gonna be one of those big things in this this uh, that everybody's gonna talk about in this episode is those shadow. Um, holograms. It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get that. But anyway, uh, the next day, the Jedi team arrives on Naboo, escorting Palpatine. The Chancellor bristles at the amount of security surrounding him. Anakin assigns Ahsoka to be Senator Padme Amidala's personal guard during Which the event. Which there's no purpose. And that, I just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah. He does that, and then Padme is never in any danger. Ahsoka goes, never everybody worked. get out of here, and they all run, and then they're all fine. Like we don't yeah. see them for the and rest they, of the episode. But. Yeah, 
You know, it's funny too that uh, we get to see. Actually, we get to see uh, some episode one characters. Uh, Co Bibble yep. comes around. You know, he's back on Naboo. We get to see him. We get to see. Um, who else do we see there? Oh, the Shock yes. Troopers. It's cool. Uh, did, did we ever see Shock Troopers in episode one? I don't know. No, it wasn't until yeah. episode three, right? Okay, so I guess they're around around in between two and three, but that was kind of cool. So, and they looked really good. The way I don't know, just they made them look just like they did in the in a. In Revenge of the Sith, I mean, they had the kind of the the red paint, but it was kind of you could almost tell like they did so much as far as the um, animation to make it look like it was kind of worn. It was I don't know, it's just something that popped at me. That but uh, yeah, some some old characters we get to visit again here on Naboo, so that was kind of neat seeing the the hefty one, Co Bibble. Uh, go <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I uh, alone at his sniper's perch in a tower apartment. Obi-Wan uses his secret comlink to contact Mace. He reveals the details of the bounty hunter's plot to Master Windu. Obi-Wan, thank goodness you're alive. Yes, I've seen better days. I'm here in Theed. So Dooku's plan is still on? Yes. How are they planning to attack the Chancellor? Three of the bounty hunters are disguised as Senate guards. Ival is the getaway driver, and they have a par one that can pass through the ray shield. I have a sniper rifle. Don't worry, it's loaded with stun blasts. I'm supposed to immobilize the Chancellor, not kill him. Where are you? In a tower overlooking the plaza. So the attack is going to take place outside? Yes. From here, I can be your eye in the sky. I'll be able to tell you everything that's going on. They will try to infiltrate the security area. Make sure you have someone double-check the guards' identities. That's gonna take time. You'll have to do your best, my friend. And you know, Mike, I think that Obi-Wan having this position actually benefited the Jedi, you know, Mace and the rest of them mm -hmm. because he's got this, he's, he's a sniper now, so he's got this, this overall look on the whole thing. You know, he can kind of dictate, or not dictate, but he can tell Mace what's going on. He can kind of look after everybody in, in this particular position. So that was actually a good thing that he was... He was named the sniper, yeah. and of course, he showed off sniper skills in the last episode. So, um, but yeah, and he's not supposed to kill. You know, he's just supposed to to stun. So that's you kind of getting some of the uh, uh, the ideas of what they want to do with this plot. They're going to stun the senator and take him away for some kind of a ransom. So, uh, but yeah, he's got he's got a great view, so he can see everything that's going on. Uh, that night, hundreds of spectators gather. At the Overlook Plaza, where Chancellor Palpatine appears, the Jedi erect a security shield over the plaza, unaware that Cad Bane is in attendance, holographically disguised as a Nemoidian delegate. As fireworks erupt following a rousing speech from the Chancellor, Daron uses the distraction to slink through the shield, reaching toward the generator. Obi-Wan spots this and alerts the Jedi, but it's too late. Daron detonates the generator, and Palpatine is knocked down by the blast. The shield collapses. So, like I said earlier, um, you know, here's Cad Bane. He's right in the middle of this, and and if I'm watching this, you know, you're seeing this uh, the shadow hologram flicker in and out. How come nobody else notices that? You know, it's it just that's one of the things that got me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's like, are we supposed to? Is that just for our benefit that? We're, we're kind of so we know which character is what or is that part of the story where it flickers in and out that's the limitation yeah. I'm, i can't i couldn't could figure that out so um it's kind of but here's another thing i was wondering why isn't there more more jedi at this at this uh 
ceremony. I mean, you know, there's Mace, there's Anakin, and there's, and that's about it. You know, did you notice any other Jedi there? I, besides, well, I, besides the guard Ahsoka, and all that. Soka, and she's kind yeah. of doing her own security thing. So, I just thought I, it was kind of odd that, that you know they're expecting some kind of plot from Dooku or the Chancellor to be killed, but there's only a couple Jedi there. You know, why wouldn't you have? Uh, a bunch of them, you know, where's Plo Koon and the rest yeah. of the guys that were at the beginning? I thought they should should have those there. But anyway, uh, Ahsoka shuffles Amidala and the other delegates uh, delegates to safety. Mace orders the Senate guards to stay with the Chancellor. Anakin chases after Darone, but the alien attacks him with a bioelectric shock that in, uh, incapacitates the Jedi. As the Jedi scatter to secure the perimeter, the two guards assigned to Palpatine, who are actually Embo and Twazi in disguise, carry on the next phase of the plot. Twazi equips the Chancellor's unconscious body with a holographic disguise emitter. She switches places with Palpatine, assuming his likeness, and causing the Chancellor to look like a Senate guard. Then Bane, still disguised as the Nemoidian, drags away Palpatine's disguised body. It's actually a clever plan, you know, by, by Cad Bane. It, act, you know, it, it worked well. A Chancellor into the Royal Guard... Uh, and then the bounty hunter to the chancellor. So um, I thought it was, a, it was a clever plan. Too bad this is all kind of for naught. And, and, you know, we'll get there towards the end here. But uh, And, hey, another arm gets cut off in the Star yeah. Wars universe. Add it to the list. <laughs> Add it to the list, folks. Another arm gets chopped off. That was a pretty good scene, and, and Anakin really uh, going to town on. I don't remember which one it was, though. Oh, it's Twazi's. Okay, Twazi's arm. Yeah. Uh, no, Darone. Yeah. Darone's the, 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 mushroom guy, or whatever. Okay, because it said because I think we did we read that Twazi's. Okay, um, actually it says in the next paragraph it's supposed. I guess it's Twazi's, oh, but we'll it get tw there. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll just continue. Yeah. A recovered Anakin and Mace chase down Embo as he escorts Palpatine to a waiting speeder. The Jedi hold the bounty hunter at lightsaber point, but are surprised when the Chancellor suddenly punches Anakin across the jaw. It's Twazi, not Palpatine. Furious, Anakin slices off Twazi's arm and demands to know where Palpatine is. And again, like I said, another another arm. Yes. We're up to, excuse, I, I lost count now how many arms have been lopped off in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I remember seeing a T-shirt. Um, you know, it kind of displayed all the different arms that have been chopped off. It's and I, you kind of, you kind of forget, yeah. like, oh wow, there's been quite a few. That's kind of like Star Wars' yeah. thing, you know, arms getting chopped off. So, uh, cool scene there. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Bane dumps the Chancellor's unconscious body into the back of Morello's escape speeder, and they fly away from Theed. They head to an abandoned plasma refinery to meet with Dooku, but the Sith Lord is not there. Fearing that they've been double-crossed, Bane plans on ransoming the Chancellor on their own. Suddenly, Hardeen arrives. He points a gun at Bane and says he'll take possession of the Chancellor. Yeah, and here's where the plan kind of unravels for uh, these bounty hunters. And and I don't even notice if notice no if they if they know that they've been du they've been duped. Yeah. You know, this is all part of Dooku's plan. I guess that, I think they're just thinking that. Dooku never showed up, so hey, let's let's take the chance and we'll we'll get our own money yeah. for him, um, you know, because the the promise of this going in was the money and the fame of of doing something that no one has ever done, uh, capturing the senator uh, or the chancellor, excuse me, the chancellor and all the money. So um, yeah, but it seems like they don't even 
think twice about, hey, where's Dooku? What's going on? So uh, after a brief scuffle between Reiko and Bane, the Jedi arrive to back up Obi-Wan, revealing his true identity. Bane is furious at being deceived. The Jedi round up Moralo and Bane and relax now that the Chancellor is safe. Please do not kill Moralo, Evolve. Take him and Bane into custody and make sure the Chancellor's returned safely to the palace. You did a good job, Obi-Wan. Kenobi, I should have known. Something smelled wrong about you from the start. Yes, well, spending so much time with you was no reward either. Reward? I'll give you a reward when I plug you full of laser bolts. Such a pleasant fellow. I hope this was all worth it. We saved the Chancellor. That's the important thing. And Bane is back in custody again. Oh, my goodness. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't last very long. Yeah, this it, it was a very... Uh, it was an interesting episode because it got to this point and uh, and maybe maybe our listeners are getting to this point with us and going like, well, is that it? Is the episode over? And it yeah. kind of, it has that feeling and it goes into a commercial break, but then we come back. <laughs> so it's like the Chancellor's yeah, safe right. or is he? Yeah. And this is where it really, really kicks in for me at this, this last, uh, this last third of the, of the show. Um, like I said, some of my favorite things in the Star Wars universe. Uh, later, as dawn rises over Naboo, the Chancellor returns to Theed, greeted warmly by Senator Amidala. Anakin and Obi-Wan reunite, and Skywalker shares his frustrations about the, Jedi's Council's, the Jedi Council's lack of trust in him. Obi-Wan reveals that it was his decision to keep the truth from Anakin. Anakin angrily wonders how many truths... Obi-Wan and the council might be keeping from him. And I thought that was a great scene. You know, it's, uh, it's here again, you know, we're getting that. These guys are brothers, you know, they've been through so much together and, and, and you can understand why Anakin's like, come on, Obi-Wan, you know, all the stuff they've been together and still Obi-Wan feels that he has to keep certain things. And it was his decision to keep all this from, from Anakin. And I can understand why, you know, they're trying to sell this ruse and, and like they said earlier in the episodes, what better way to do it than to make Anakin think, you know, this is, is, this is what yeah. happened. But again, it, it, it just, it's starting to, to tear away at that foundation of these two. And, and, um, but, but a good scene though. I like that. What'd you think? Yeah, it was really good. I, I enjoyed the, the interplay between the two characters. It's nice to see them sort of hash things out after everything that's gone on. So, Yeah. yeah. And Palpatine, Palpatine, he sends the the security detail back to Coruscant, yeah. and Anakin is he's, he and he actually says Anakin is the the only security I need. So obviously, I'm already thinking now uh, this is something's going yeah. on here. Uh, you know, he's sending everybody away. He just wants Anakin there. Very interesting. But uh, like I said, you know. Anakin's like, how many lies have I been told by the council? And, and, and he even tells, he even tells Obi-Wan, how do you know that you even have all the truth from the, from the council? So, yeah, this, yeah. It's, this distrust for the council is, is, and this is what's great about the Clone Wars is we get all this now. And, and when episode three comes, you're kind of like, yeah, I can understand why Anakin's finally had mm -hmm. enough. You know, we're seeing a lot of this now in this Clone Wars about him just 
constantly getting duped and played, and he's starting to get tired of it. So, uh, but yeah, good scene, good scene. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Obi Wan is troubled, and not just at his disagreement with Anakin. Kenobi returns to his sniper's apartment to re-examine the kidnapping plot. He closely inspects his sniper rifle case and finds a secret comlink hidden inside. He realizes that Dooku was listening the whole time as he relayed information to the Jedi. So this is where we kind of get the real twist to the entire plot. And like I said yes. last week, Dooku knew that something was wrong. He didn't trust Hardeen. He knew that, that something was up. And, uh, and so he, he essentially... I, now, I thought that him and Bane would have put together this plot together, but, but uh, obviously they didn't because Bane got caught. So... Um, yes. So yeah, it's it's very interesting to see that Dooku kind of he knew he figured it out on his own, and he and he just plants all of this. Yeah, he pretty much plans the whole thing so that they'll think that they're going to pull it off, and if and actually they do. I mean, like they pull it off. If Dooku had been yeah, waiting yeah. there with a ship, they would have gotten away, right? But uh, mm. but. Obviously, that's not the entire yeah. yeah but then the Dooku would have had to deal with a bunch of bounty hunters wanting money and uh, possibly double crossing them. And I think Dooku's smarter than that, right? So yeah. Oh, that that's one thing I really got was how smart is is he? Because you know, well, here's the thing too. He is making a lot of enemies yeah. now. Not only is the, are the Jedi after him, you know. Um, and now it's it's bounty hunters are going to be after yeah. him. He's got Savage and, and Asajj yeah. Ventress after him. You know, He's not a popular guy. <laughs> he is not making friends in this universe. So, wow, yeah, but but a great. He's he's smart enough to, uh, and he obviously powerful enough. I mean, yeah. he, he's got no. He's uh, he's second in line. So uh, I don't think he's shaking in his boots at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the Thede Palace, Anakin and, Ch and the Chancellor talk and stroll through the darkened corridors as they head for a banquet with Senator Amidala and Queen Nayetne. Palpatine expresses dismay that Anakin knew nothing of Obi-Wan's un undercover mission. The conversation halts as they enter the banquet hall. Count Dooku and his Magna Guard droids are waiting for them. So, at this point, I'm... I'm at the assumption, obviously, that not only is this, this is actually a plan, is or or is this, you know, this is kind of like my opinion here only, that this is something that was orchestrated by Palpatine as another test for Anakin. I mean, is could it be that simple or is there something more to it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is, was this simply a plan to, to test Anakin and to see where he's at, you know, as far as you know, Palpatine trying to gauge how he can manipulate Anakin more and is he ready to be turned, you know what I mean? Uh, another one of those tests. And of course, they're talking in the corridor about the distrust of the council, which I thought was a great was great as well. So what do you think, Mike? I mean, is, is it could it be that simple or is there something more going on? Am, am I missing something um, with this plot You know here? what? I think that this was... Uh, this is the beginning of episode three, essentially. Like this, this is the start of that yeah. story, and that uh, Palpatine was really—I don't know if he's gauging it or if he's actually preparing to 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 turn Anakin here. Like if mm -hmm. this was going to be the moment, because 
you kind of get the impression that that Anakin's going to win, right? Like that he could mm-hmm. actually pull this off at a certain point. Um, it's not until kind of like a little bit later in the fight that that things start to turn, and then uh, I don't know. Have we gotten that far yet? Uh, yeah, well, in the next, next paragraph, paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. we'll talk about. That. Yeah, so it 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 was interesting because I kind of got the feeling that that Palpatine was planning this the whole time because obviously he's the one pulling all of the strings at the end of the day, right? And it's only right. things only happen according to his design here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, we'll talk about. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, let's read the next next section here. We'll talk about uh, mm-hmm. my favorite scene uh, here. This fight. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I'll let Sorry, you know. Where are we? Lost my place. Uh, yeah, Dooku's okay. plan worked. So Dooku's plan has worked. He knew he could never fight off the whole Jedi security team, so he constructed an elaborate plot within a plot to distract the Jedi and have them assume the Chancellor was safe. Now guarded by a lone Jedi, the Chancellor is vulnerable. Dooku ignites his blade and moves toward Anakin. So this is, again, I, I love this scene. Oh, my gosh. And here it talks about... You know, Dooku, uh, his plot to distract the Jedi and get them away. But it was actually Palpatine who sent the security force away. And again, I'm still thinking that this is all a plan by by Palpatine um, to see how far Anakin is and and how much further he needs to go. But a fantastic fight. I love this kind of stuff, man. I mean, it was packed full of of some great sword fighting. uh, Packed full of... um, you know, force use. Uh, Dooku is, you know, doing everything he can to hold on. And, and this is here's another thing. This is what I like too. That these these two have faced off a few times now, and I'm sure we're going to get more. But you can subtly notice that each time they fight, and we get closer to three. Anakin's just getting a little bit better, and a little mm-hmm. better, and a little better. Did you notice in this fight, he actually got. Dooku on the ground, much like, you know, we saw in episode six with Vader and Luke, he actually got Dooku on the ground and had him almost to the end. And with a little bit of force lightning, though, uh, always helps out the, uh, the Sith. Um, but did you notice that? How, how close that Anakin, he's getting a lot better with Dooku. Yeah. And, and it's almost like Dooku, I don't know if he can handle him much longer. And, and we'll see, obviously, in episode three, he gets owned by yeah. Anakin. But, and another great thing, too, was Palpatine during this whole exchange. He's smiling. You know, he's watching intently because, you know, this is this is important to his future as well, you know. Uh, so what do you think? I mean, again, my, one of my favorite scenes, I love the stuff when we get these lightsaber battles and showing Anakin and, and how powerful he is. What do you think? Yeah, Mike? I liked it. I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I feel like it was kind of uh, leaning towards uh, Palpatine maybe executing mm-hmm. his plan a little bit earlier than, than we expect. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and in a moment he's going to get interrupted by somebody. <laughs> it's going to kind of <laughs> yeah. spoil the whole plan. Right. Um, yeah. cause Anakin's supposed to be by himself. This is, this is, I, you know, I think that that's, that's sort of one of the takeaways from this episode is that the only reason why Anakin falls in episode three is because Palpatine finally manages to separate the two of them right and that's the thing is that obi-wan is the one thing you would think that it's padme is the one thing keeping him from turning evil right but it's not like 
Padme is the reason why he turns. But <laughs> Obi-Wan is the one thing that keeps him from following down that path. Even like Ahsoka is not even there to, to protect him. Right. Um, and, right. and were she there, I don't think that she, even she could, could stop that from happening because, because of his connection. Like with Obi-Wan, I think he doesn't, he doesn't worry uh, about things. He just kind of, he listens when, uh, yeah. when Obi-Wan gives him a little bit of advice. Whereas yeah. with, with well, Ahsoka I, and yeah. Padme, he's always constantly worried about, about them. Right. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, I like what you said too. I mean, this could have been, this could have been episode yeah. three right here. I mean, this 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 could have been a turning point with Anakin and the Chancellor. I mean, had like you said, had Obi Wan not showed up, if if Anakin defeats Dooku, I don't know. That could have been the that could have been the the change right there, where where Palpatine finally says, "Yeah, you did it. Okay, here's where here's my plan. You know, hey, I'm the Sith Lord, like he did in episode yeah. three, um, convincing him." As only the uh, only the Chancellor you know, Palpatine can do, uh, manipulate Anakin. So yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, like you said, if it wasn't for Ant, for uh, Obi Wan, um, this could have been how Anakin was turned. So we'll finish up here. Obi Wan rushes to the banquet hall, arriving just in time to help Anakin. While Anakin keeps Dooku engaged, Obi Wan re- rescues the Chancellor. Dooku is forced to leave empty-handed, and depart Theed in a shuttle. The Chancellor is once again impressed by the Jedi, especially taking note of the heroics of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, one sh- in Palpatine says, one shudders to think where the galaxy would be without the Jedi. Well done, Master Kenobi. You are a worthy adversary. I cannot say the same about your young apprentice. Are you all right? Yes. Thanks again to the heroics of the Jedi. That's the second time today. We specialize in heroics, Chancellor. As long as I live, no harm will ever come to you, Your Excellency. Hmm. Well, here's to your long and prosperous life, Anakin. One shudders to think where the galaxy would be without the Jedi. And I like the beginning of this, Mike, where it's it's talk it's it's um Dooku. He's kind of he still can't give Anakin mm-hmm. props, you know. It's like, hey, Obi Wan, good job, but your apprentice, uh, you know. Listen, Dooku. I mean, it's like you were inches away from getting sliced yeah. in half, you know. So, <laughs> but he still he still doesn't want to yeah. show any any respect. Yeah, well, the, to Anakin, I mean, the moment and, where Anakin pushes his lightsaber through the chair, and it's like. That's the one yeah. thing that stopped him from just skewering <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Dooku in the face. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah. quit it with the arrogance already. You know, like, come on. <laughs> I know you were that close, but yeah. And of course, Palpatine. You you got to end with him. I mean, some some great dialogue at the end, and you know, it's it's like we just talked about. Like, this could have been the turning point. Here is Palpatine saying, "Yeah, for the second time today." The Jedi, he almost wants to say the Jedi interfered, you know what I mean? But he didn't really say it like that. But uh, you can almost take the second time, like, ah, man, how many times are these guys going to interfere with my plans? Yeah. You know, sooner or later, this is going to work. Uh, but, and he also says, 
uh, he's looking forward to a long and prosperous life for Anakin. But uh, yeah, so he's definitely got his, you know, licking his chops for Anakin. You can just see the development occurring, you know, right in front of him, you know, facing Dooku is, um, you know, obviously a Sith Lord and, and very, very powerful. So, you know, like I said, is this, this is a four part arc, some good stuff going on. Um, was it as simple as it's just a test for Anakin? I don't know. It's up to everybody's interpretation of, of what they thought of this. That's kind of what I got. I four episodes to come down with, you know, nothing really happened, but it was some good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Some good stuff. I mean, the great arc and a lot of stuff. What was it that simple? That is up to uh, everybody to decide. So what'd you think of this four part arc, Mike? Uh, yeah, I enough? enjoyed it. I mean, I, I do. I agree with you that, that I think this was the first attempt from the chancellor to, uh, yeah. to put Anakin in that position where he could start to turn him. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it, goes exactly the same uh like in the larger yeah. in the larger strokes oh, well, or everything i mean we we deal with the whole obi-wan thing on the on the front end of the story but really what it comes down to at the end is that uh palpatine is manipulating dooku to kidnap him so that anakin can rescue him kill dooku and take his place right like this is all mm-hmm. one one plan to to do this so i mean i i I, um yeah i think that that's that's what it is at the heart of it and we just kind of got this whole obi-wan kenobi story uh off of the off the front end of it so um yeah (laughs) i I enjoyed it as 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 an entire complete arc uh I, i really liked it yeah definitely definitely good stuff so uh, let's head on over to the Facebook post let's of the week. Wait a minute. Play back the entire Oops, message. Sorry. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it. All right, and the Facebook post of the week comes from Greg Stedman, and he actually just posted this, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, and, and he actually loved this uh, this particular arc. He said, oh, my God, I just watched the last episode. It is now in my top five. Love the final battle. Love seeing Bane get his and loved how Anakin started to doubt the council. Seriously, this is like my second or third favorite arc. So Greg Stedman obviously loved this arc, and, and he brings up some points that we just talked about how uh, you know, he he loved how Anakin uh, is starting to doubt yes. the council, and uh, I think that was a big part of the story was was showing that and showing uh, Palpatine uh, those two inter- those their interactions together and that possible turn that we almost got if not for Obi Wan. So, uh, but he actually loved this episode and. A lot of other others did on Facebook yeah. as well, and, and Bane, like you said, he loves seeing Bane uh, get his, as it were. Uh, but I was kind of disappointed to see Bane back in custody. <laughs> and so, so maybe we, yeah, you know what? It's and and who knows where you know we in this. I think it was the first episode we got the breakout. So, you know what happened to Boss? What happened to to Boba Fett? Are they out? You know that was never really discussed or shown or you know as yeah, far as yeah, i know well, hopefully I, I mean i hope that they got out <laughs> so that we can them yeah out. so maybe it's going to be turned yeah. around you know maybe bane maybe boba fett will come and break out bane uh now that he's back in so who knows that could well, be another we, you know what all we see is bane get taken away by by uh i don't i don't even remember who but 
It was just uh, some just more some troopers. Some more troopers. So yeah, uh, who's yeah. to say that Bane even made it all the way back? You know, to True. say that they yeah. weren't in transit and, you know, the Houndstooth came out of light speed and tore them apart yeah, and yeah, it could be. rescued Bane <laughs> and then they went off to go collect some bounties somewhere. So uh, I will point this out uh, and a, a friend of mine uh, pointed this out on our Facebook page. Uh, the friend that I went to episode one with, and it will kind of just, it's a second Facebook post of the week, but coming off of this arc, it's kind of okay. appropriate that uh, no bounty hunter has ever really collected a bounty in Star Wars. Oh, right? I saw like, that one, yeah. all yeah. these years. Uh, I guess I guess Boba <laughs> kind of does. I guess that's why he's the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's the only one who pulls it off. Um, when he catch, but True, yeah. but when you think about it, he didn't really catch Han Solo. Darth Vader caught Han Solo, right? Like if yeah. Boba Fett had yeah. been the one to try and pull that off, I think Han, you know, he could have he could have maybe gotten out of it, but only because Vader's standing there and just kind of blocks two blaster bolts with his hand and you know. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. all, it was so all that, Vader. That's all yeah, Vader I'm... on that one. Vader gave him that bounty. <laughs> Yeah, technically he did get the bounty, but he yeah, really yeah, didn't do yeah. have to work for it. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't hurt it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Greg, uh, for the Facebook post of the week. That's good stuff. Keep it going, there, folks. We love the chatter in there. It's always fun. So here's the interesting part, though. Our upcoming episode is actually going to be yeah. two weeks away. Did yeah, you know yeah, that, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I went to look so we for the pay. preview that, tonight. And was like, oh, there's no preview yet. I guess they'll post it soon. Yeah. And then looked and I was like, oh, it doesn't air for two weeks. Well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple weeks. So, but it is, like you said, it is the four part season finale arc. And this is what we've all been waiting for this whole season. I know I have. Um, this has all just been some, some, it was some good stuff. But man, I just, I've been waiting for this. You know, this is possibly. I mean, is there anything that has happened in the Clone Wars that's bigger than this? In my opinion, no. I mean, we've seen Chewbacca mm -hmm. come back. We've seen some other smaller characters come back. We've seen some new characters that were in EU. But come on, Darth Maul coming back. There's, in my opinion, there's nothing bigger than that in the Clone Wars so far. So this is huge. This four-part arc is something that I've been so looking forward to, and it's going to start off with an episode called Massacre. The first episode of a four-part season finale, Count Dooku seeks revenge for his betrayal at the hands of Asajj Ventress and the Night Sisters. So, wow, we're going to be getting Count Dooku, Asajj, the Night Sisters. And, and again, we have no preview for this, but take a listen to this. This was just came out a few days ago, and it's a little teaser on... Play back the entire message. <laughs> That's not it. But <laughs> this is a little teaser of what we're going to be seeing in the next, uh, I don't know, next couple weeks. You might recognize this. goodness that was Darth Maul and that was the little teaser we got uh, a few days ago and and wow what a frightening little teaser that was I'm yeah, like did yeah, you see that thing? I did yeah. <laughs> it was a, that was a little yeah, on the dark definitely. side huh? and uh, there is now no question that is Sam Witwer 
Uh, anybody who's yeah, watched yeah. Being Human uh, can tell you that that's it's exactly what Sam Witwer sounds like when he's in pain. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. that's his <laughs> his I'm in pain sound. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild too. I mean, you, you see this, you're going deep in the bowels yeah, of whatever yeah. this is. Uh, lots of fire and and all that and. And you get the the face of Darth Maul, and he's very interested wow. at it's, uh, considering I just watched yeah. the guy get cut in half and fall down a bottomless pit. Uh, very oh, interested right, to yeah. see how this is going to work, how uh, how a guy comes back from that because that, I mean, that is is in the all time comebacks. Uh, Boba Fett yeah. just fell down a sarlacc pit and you know blew his way out with a thermal detonator. That's not that impressive. Yeah. Getting cut in half and falling down a reactor shaft and surviving, that's impressive. Not, not only surviving, yeah. but escaping. Like, this will be interesting to find out just how Maul got away and, uh, and how he's been surviving yeah. this whole time. Yeah, that is, like I said earlier, I mean, this is, this mm-hmm. is huge. And, and to, I don't know, it's... I know a lot of people are really excited about this and, and hopefully in the hands of Dave Filoni and Lucas, they all got this worked out and, and it's going to be something that we can go. Yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. That's, that's awesome. You know? Uh, and is it going to be as easy as, Hey, he's got some mechanical legs like the the visionary story. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Well, you know, it's, they, they are not leaking anything out on this. I mean, there's been some pictures, but it's always from obviously the waist up. Uh, and this particular clip that you just heard was just his face, a uh, zoom in of a camera to his face. And I'm sure everybody's seen it that listens to this. So you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is huge. And I can't wait for this yeah. part arc. Wow. Now, whether we're going to see Darth Maul in this first couple episodes, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like it's more about Count Dooku and Ventress and all that. But you never we know. We shall see. Oh. This is going to be fun. But that's going to do it for this that's week, That's it Mike. for this week. I thank you as always for listening and you can join us uh, over at www.clonewarspodcast.com follow us on Twitter it's twitter.com slash clone wars and you can head over to Facebook and uh, and become part of our group and and our page Uh, that's facebook.com slash clone wars podcast and and that's it for us this week and we'll be back in two weeks with our uh, our recap of the episode massacre all right we'll see you in a few weeks well another close to another wonderful show obi-wan kenobi here saying thank you for listening to front lines the clone wars podcast brought to you of course by starwarsdaily.com force is strong with you all And it will be with you always.